McElworth, and this is the All Walks of Art Podcast, lounge-like pub-style drinking show for creatives and artists from all walks of life. Find a comfy chair, pour your favorite beverage, and enjoy the show. In addition to the exhaustive conversational shenanigans we have on this show, today Paul and I talk a little bit about album art and the story of how several music retailers, influenced by the great Tipper Gore and her band of <laughs> PMRC friends, rejected an album cover in 1987. Yes, that was 35 years ago. Wow. And successfully resulted in the band using a version of a Christian cross instead. Oh, I so, know I know who that is. Yeah. Let me introduce my compadre, my drinking companion of the day, the guy I'm giving a little silly drink to. It, it, I'm gonna be honest with you, it kinda looks looks like a girl's drink, but you know. We don't we don't uh, play into gender uh yeah. gender um whatever it is. <laughs> but how you doing, Paul? <laughs> I'm doing all right. <laughs> Uh, I know it was a terrible introduction to Paul Ramey, but he uh, is quite the sport. He, he takes uh, takes a lot of uh, eat from it. me for drinks. You know, always doing the child's sport and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I actually created this drink for Paul. Oh, you did? Yeah. And, and yeah, you give me a little tiny bit of it but with I'm no worried. ice. I'm worried. That with no ice. It's a chilled glass. It's a it's a miniature martini glass. And it's, uh, you know, it's quite, Are we drinking this now? What is it? You didn't bring anything in here for me to look at. I don't know what it is. Tell me what's in it now. All right. So it's one part Drambuie, one part butterscotch schnapps, and one part Kahlua. What's a schnapp, and what makes a schnapp a schnapp? Uh, it's, uh, I don't want to get into that kind of detail today, but I because this is a made-up well, drink. Fuck question. All right. What are you calling it? Up. I'm calling it the Prince Charlie's Butterscotched Iced Coffee. It's All a right. mouthful. Down the hatch. And it really is. Don't down the hatch that, really. I don't want you to be lit the whole show. <laughs> Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. Do you really? Yeah, I should have had a big glass with ice, big ice cream. In. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, and and he does. That's exactly that. That is exactly why I did not pour him an adult beverage version of this because he just downed it like a shot. Oh yeah, it's good. <laughs> what am I supposed to sip it? Yeah, that little thing. Yes. No. If you give me a sipping glass, I would have sipped it. Man, that's I like that. Yeah. Tell me when it kicks in, will you? Because I'm just I'm curious how long it takes someone like yourself to you know feel the burn in your toes and well curling of your hairs <laughs> that was a funny look apparently i'm a lightweight and you are you are um before we get too yes. far into this and we've talked about the drink it's it, it's a pretty good little drink oh, yes it is um mm. i wanted to throw out a lyric here for some people who are listening you might be driving down the road and thinking i'm just still trying to figure out who this band is and what the cover art is you know i had to like any any good drinking show, I had to uh, take my credit card to the liquor store. That's one for you and two for me. Does that help you a little bit? It's funny that you come up with that one because of obviously about the the same one and the the variant. I really, really? was, yeah, yeah. I was no I was prepared to talk about it a little bit. I just find that interesting. We did that totally on accident. Yeah, yeah. We talked about doing a basically a show where we talk about album art, and here mm-hmm. we are. Now that I you know, I work evening shift, right? Still, mm-hmm. and. Um, Used to get up early. Now I don't. Now I get up around whenever I used to get up on time. But that old man, he's a real motherfucker. Going to kick him on down the line. Do you think anybody's picking this up yet? Which which band I'm talking about? I don't know. No, we are not dancing with Mr. Brownstone tonight. But this drink is quite good. Maybe you should call that drink the night train. There, oh, that's good. Maybe I should. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it gives me a real appetite for destruction, I will Does say. It? Yes. Does it? Yes. So if you have four or five of them, yeah. you'll definitely be in the Paradise City. <laughs> <Where> the, yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, have we lost you guys? Yeah, are you, you guys haven't there? picked up yet on this. We are talking about the album "Appetite for Destruction" from Guns N' Roses. There's quite a bit about this that I didn't know. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Did you know that the inside cover was supposed to be the original cover? Yes, you didn't know that. Yes, I, I figured that out uh, a few years ago, actually, and and uh, I wanted to revisit it for this show because it, it is actually part of something that makes me think about art and how it's censored. And even the artist, Robert uh, Williams, was in a lot of ways looked down upon as lowbrow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, comic artist, illustrator, illustrator in a derogatory term when he wanted to be a fine artist, right? And his style, to bring everybody up to speed, his style is kind of a, a comic version, you know, illustration look, but it, it it's very, it's designed to make you think and be a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's the whole idea. When you What's look the at name it. of that? That uh, what, did did he, he did he design that for the album or did no? Did that's they, the they were story. Using, okay, that's the cool story. So you gonna tell us? Yes. Get to the point. Uh, the the band didn't have an album cover. They they thought they were going to use the Challenger, the a picture of the the explosion of the Challenger shuttle to put on the cover. Really? Yeah. And Geffen was like, "No, nah, that's that's in poor taste. Come on, guys. And it's not very good. You know, it's not good at all. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. So. Axel was a, a fan of Robert Williams' art, and he basically got an, a, the ability to talk to him, right, and say, hey, we want to use this particular painting that, interestingly, was sold in 1981 for uh, $10,000. That's a lot of money in 1981. It's a lot of money right now. It is. In today's dollars, that's about $33,000. I, I did the math on that one. Yeah. So the artwork came out first. And the title "Appetite for Destruction" was the title of the art prior to the album. Really? Yeah. So I had no idea. These guys, you know these these uh, these kids from L.A. show up at this guy's door. Well, Duff's from Seattle. I know, but I'm talking about when they're actually a band now. They're all in L.A. All right. and they show up at this guy's house and uh, looking at some slides of some artwork. And and Robert, Mr. Williams, was adamant about use something else because this particular painting. Is going to get you in a lot of trouble. People aren't going to like it. You're not prepared for this, and you're just a dumb punk rock band that nobody knows. I love it, right? Uh-huh. And and he was like, so I gave him a price that I would give a dumb punk rock band that nobody knows <laughs> to use this cover and say, you know, look, you're not going to be able to put that on the cover. And of course, they didn't because the PMRC lost their shit, and uh, Geffen Records was pressured to change. How the did cover. they even know what it was going to be? How did they know in advance? How would the PMRC know what? I don't know. I, that was a good question because I, I guess they had. There were some that came out. Did you know that? No. You can buy them on eBay today for about one hundred and fifty to two hundred fifty dollars. Really? Yeah. So you can get the original band copy. But they still put it in in the liner notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It didn't, yeah. It ended up going inside. Yeah. Which was okay. The the whole thing was and and you remember back in the eighties, it oh, was yeah. the PMRC was really crazy about making sure we got parental. Uh, warnings. On they sold albums. a lot of records. Yeah, the people just come in and exactly. had a parental parental. I mean, that was that was like the badge of honor. Yeah, he's like, oh, I could buy that. I'm going to buy that and take it home. And my mom's going to be pissed. You know <laughs> that sort of thing. So, so how did they come up with the uh, with the cross idea and end up going? Did they tell you any of that? Yeah, that was a that was a tattoo artist. Did Axel I mean, already have that on him or no? Okay, and he does have it on him now, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, it's on his forearm. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so. This particular paint, uh, painting for the cover that they end up using is their five heads as skulls mm-hmm. on a Celtic cross, right? So Is it Celtic? Uh, it is because it's got the knots and, and all that, which, you know, that's kind of cool. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to do something with a little bit of Drambuie. I'd like today. to have another one of those, Air 5. Really? Oh, I would drink them, but 
Like, we're rolling. It's too late. Uh, all right. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't have anything. I, here you right. need to send me that recipe because I'm going to go out and go buy get all the stuff, stuff. And I'll make it while yeah. I talk here no. for just a moment. And you can just, you know, I'll, <laughs> run I, out and go get what I'll you be like. crushed. All right. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, the tattoo artist, I'm looking for his name. I really am. And I cannot seem to find it in me notes. Um, Why didn't you notate it? I, I did. I tried to highlight it and then I didn't. And I think I'm on the wrong page. That's why I don't take notes. Anyway, and it's funny too because even in the the stuff I'm reading, he's kind of kind of left out of the loop as far as far as being important for the art. Um, but anyway, it was it was originally designed to be a tattoo, and it's got kind of a caricature of each mm-hmm. person as a skull. It's, icon- it's an iconic album cover. It is an iconic sure. album cover. Yeah, it didn't really change anything for me. You know, I mean, let's face it: when this album came out, it, it, hard rock, um, rock in general, and looking at the LA scene, the Sunset Strip strip scene it was very hair metal very like who are those chicks mm-hmm. oh that's poison yeah you know and you're you're thinking to yourself what's happened it's turning into bubblegum art in stage performance mm-hmm. you know it's just really it was bad i mean let's face it, it was bad was it i think so good music there the, i mean it, it was I, but i was more of a fan of the iron maidens and even the dawkins you right. know that's there was more than one yeah you know the iron maidens and the dawkin <laughs> yeah you know what i mean you're killing me here um, I don't, I've never liked that, that, uh, description, you know, or you'll talk about actors, you know, you're Brad Pitt's of the world or your George Clooney's, your <laughs> Iron Maidens. Just say yeah. fucking well, Iron me, Maiden. Well, let me go back and, and give, uh, Mr. Robert Williams a little bit of, uh, introduction here. He was born in 1940. Yeah, he is. Oh. Born in 1943, he's an American painter. He spent his time between Albuquerque. Uh, I think he was born in in Indian, Indiana. I can't talk. See, I've only had a sip of it. It's, is that why how Axel knew him? You I don't knew know. of him, maybe I a fellow Indiana yeah, Indianian. Yeah, I kind of wonder that. I do. That's interesting. But yeah, he liked watercolors and and uh, drawing and things like that. So it was kind of a natural for him to move into that illustration look. And he ended up getting his dream job with uh, Big Daddy uh, Ed Roth, you know, the, the, the hot rodder illustrator. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, so he got to do that sort of thing. And, and, and then as he got into college, he got the job after college, obviously. But while he was in college, he basically was laughed at, so to speak, kind of shunned because his work wasn't avant-garde of the day, right? So that's kind of a, a wild thing. I just, I think he's a interesting artist it's not exactly the type type of art that i'm interested in but i find his intellect to be quite interesting mm-hmm. you know his his take on things like he doesn't give two shits about what somebody says he's painting something to get a rise out of you right and and the album cover completed in, or sold in 1981 used in 1987 for the album really exemplifies this and if you're not if you're listening and you're not familiar with the album cover at all it's it's essentially a a robot that presumably raped this woman as she's sitting on the sidewalk over the or next to this uh, privacy fence, and whatever she was carrying is all over the street, and she's she's uh, torn up, her clothes are torn up, and you know it's it's pretty rough. I mean, for you know when I was what 15 years old, mm-hmm. it was kind of like woo, can't believe they use something like that. I mean, we're right. this ain't like Mad Magazine. This is right. a little rough, you know. Right. And there was a uh, alien kind of jumping over the fence getting ready to attack the robot, presumably. And that's that's the look of the album cover that they moved to the inside jacket. So you're giving me this look like... I'm, no, I'm just saying where you're going with it. Yeah. I think it's interesting uh, that... I mean, I think that's an... It's a cool picture. It's it's uh, it's neat to look at. It is provocative. 
and you can see why people be upset. But I think this is a good example of how censorship worked in to their advantage because the album cover they used, I think, is just it's perfect for the for what's inside. I mean, that's just what yeah. I don't know if I'd never seen that. Maybe I would feel different, but to me, it just seems like that isn't. That's got to be up there. If we, if we were going through a list of of the one hundred top album covers, that would definitely be in there. Yeah. And I don't think it necessarily would be if they had used the original. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so at all. Do you remember being shocked at all when you saw it for the first time? I yeah, I do. I remember thinking I had a dub copy of Appetite for a long time. So, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because the tape wasn't long enough to have the whole album on it. And Rocket Queen wasn't on there, and I didn't even know that song existed. And I heard it oh, in a yeah. bar. I was like 15 and in a bar, and it was on the jukebox. And I was like, me and my buddy was all excited. We're like, look, a new Guns N' Roses song. Yeah. But it was it was quite a few years later that I was aware of the okay. the regular front cover. Yeah. But it was quite a few years later before I was I had a physical copy of that and saw the inside of it. So It was probably the most worn-out cassette that I had. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Because it was so different. I'm not a real big fan of Axel. You know, he's got a reputation, you know, and he's a little weird, you know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'd get along just fine. I don't know. Well, he's another example, I think, for me. I don't think the guy's got a great voice, but he knows how to use it. Like, he's technically brilliant. Yeah. And he knows how to get the most out of his instrument. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him iconic. Mm-hmm. And and he's got unmistakable voice. Right. It's, it's, it's you know it's him immediately. Yeah, and this is not a guy that if you just heard singing cover tunes in a in a band somewhere in in Piketon, you would be like, "Oh, this guy's a great singer." No, you you wouldn't. But this guy, the way he uses his voice for his own stuff and and the way he sings, it's 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 incredible. He's an artist. He is, and you know that I don't know that he really suffered from abuse like some of the other folks. Like like Slash had a real heroin heroin problem. Uh, Duff had a problem. Right. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure if Steve Adler. If his condition today is from that. I, I, right, but he had a hell of a problem. Yeah, he did. And I wonder sometimes if Tracy Guns ever looked back and was like, I fucked up. <laughs> you know? Right. For not staying in the band. I'm sure he does. I, I mean, don't know that the band would have been the same. Actually, I'm sure the band would not have been the same yeah. because Slash has uh, a pretty unique sound and style. Mm-hmm. Um, Les Paul with Seymour Duncan pickups, yeah. I think, is what he uses. When I started researching this, this this entire album really kind of got into my head quite a bit. I remember in high school when I was basically learning how to paint and, and things like that. Most most of the stuff I've achieved as an artist uh, came out of any kind of training I might have had in school, mm-hmm. right? You know, the high school years. Not I didn't go on to study it like a lot of people do. So my first real introduction to learning how to paint and draw was high school, and I had. My, my high school teacher, she, was, she would always get on my case. It's like, you need to stop drawing these silly pictures of skateboards and musical instruments and, you know, grow up in so many words. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to. You know, I didn't, I didn't see the point in doing grandma art. That's what I called it. You know, it was like, yeah, it's a nice scene with a nice barn, but I don't want it. Right. You know, and I was trying to do art that I wanted and painted art that I wanted. And in some ways, I don't know that... Uh, Williams grew out of that. I think it stayed with him and became his signature look as he painted and didn't care what people thought. In fact, he probably reveled a little bit in the idea that he was going to stir some things up mm-hmm. because that's how things get talked about. You know, if you, if you make boring art, it's just going to be boring. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And if you do boring things, it's just going to be boring. Whereas if you jump out of an airplane, your friends all think you're crazy when you're just jumping out of an airplane. It might be kind of fun, thrilling right. to you, you know? And I think as artists, we can look at that and say, the work I'm doing, you don't have to shock for the sake of shock. You know, that's not what I'm getting at. But maybe, maybe if you're trying to get some noise about your work, you might need to step out of your comfort zone a little bit and do something that you're afraid to paint or afraid to make the song, create the lyrics or whatever. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's a whole lot of, when you, when you look at this and you say, well, they were censored, you know, the, the music was censored. They had to put the label on it that said it was, you know, foul language and, and things like that. And then the artwork had to be put on the inside because uh, people would find it offensive. And I can see that. I can see, you know, it's a lot of your retailers have children walking in. You, it's, pro- it's not appropriate for kids. It really isn't. But at the same time, are, are we just catering a lot today? Are we just saying that <laughs> this is tough for me because I, I don't think kids should be shielded from words. Right. You know, I, if, they, if they never hear their parents. Now, if you're a household that doesn't use foul language, I get it. But if you're, if you're an adult who uses foul language, why are you hiding it from your kids? Right. Are I'm, you ashamed of it? You know, because I don't, this is a really weird situation. Well, that whole thing, it's like, you know, well, you're trying to teach your kids this and that and everything. And, and then they think it's all right for them. Well, my kids, my grandson sees me drive. Mm-hmm. He knows he's not allowed to do that. Right. So That's a if, good point. if he hears me, you know, say fuck or something, right. you know, he usually say, oh, don't, don't say that. But right. he knows he can't, <laughs> he knows he can't say that. What's I he just, call you? Are you Papaw or I'm, Grandpa? I'm Papaw. Papaw. I can see it now. Papaw, you can't say fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much how it goes. So. <laughs> it's a bad word. So, But they're going to go to school and they're going to hear this stuff. And yeah. It's going to shock everybody. Yeah. It's like, you got to teach kids right from wrong. Yeah. And you got you to gotta do your best. Yeah, and they're going to go through it's that. It's different for everybody. They're going to go through that moment where they think they can say it. You know, and you have to... Kind of look at him and go, you know, look, you, you, you don't need to talk like you're a sailor just right. to be cool. So anyway, it's kind of interesting because uh, you, you kind of mentioned there earlier, you know, how did they know? And, and you kind of took me for a loop there about how did, how did the PR, PMRC know? And then it was because these albums were already out in the stores and they, they caught wind of it. Uh, for anybody listening that know Tipper Gore is Al Gore's wife. Or was, or I don't know. Not a fan. She was uh, on a committee that she created, the PMRC, which I don't really remember what that stands for. Parents Music Resource Committee, I think. Probably. Okay. So they were really, they were actually on a mission to just kill rock and roll, honestly. They made Dee Snyder a star. Yeah. (laughs) They read the lyrics to Fuck Like a Beast. Yeah, and they totally misinterpreted it. And, you know, but I, I did find it funny that they they had them change this cover of Appetite and they went with a cross. And I wonder if there's some underlying backstabbing there because it was a cross. I don't know. Or if it was just conveniently set aside and said, hey, this this actually looks pretty cool, you know. I think it's interesting as an artist in general to look at that and think, okay, you, we've all been in situations where somebody's asked us to tone it down one way or the other. And, mm-hmm. and here's an answer. You know, it's like, oh, they're stifling my creativity. They're stifling me. They're trying to change my art. But here's an example where they did something, and to me, it it it's a home run. It it was better. It's like yeah. I I think it can be a lesson to all of us that if we are in a situation where 
we can't do exactly what we want because of the client or because of who we're working for or, right. or because of the environment we happen to be in. Well, what kind of creative way am I going to find around that? Yeah. What, what can I do and still be creative and still get inside that parameter? Because to me, I think if you got no box, you know, everybody's always talking about getting out of the box, getting out of the box. Yeah. I think sometimes getting in the box makes it more creative because you're trying yeah. to find, you're trying to innovate. How, if the sky's the limit, I can do anything I want. I don't know what to do, but if, if I got parameters and I got to hit these marks, man, that's, how, how, how am I going to do that? Right. And I think in, this is a good example of that really working out and being cool. And there's other examples, I'm sure, where yeah. it sucked and it just sucked the life out of the whole project. But Yeah. And, and I think a lot of this, too, stems in the ideas that you need to be true to yourself. You know, there's a lot of artists out there who are not. Mm -hmm. They're just creating what sells. They're just creating what they expect their customers to buy. And, and I take a little bit of criticism from people close to me about everything being about booze because a lot of my artwork is about booze, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, can you paint something other than another bottle of booze? You know, it's like, yeah, but I mean, I feel like I'm doing something. I, I don't really necessarily want to paint things for your living room, right? It mm -hmm. doesn't mean I don't want you to buy something that goes good in your living room. It's just that when you look at my work, I, it's, I want you to say, hey, that goes in my man cave. That goes in my gaming room. That goes in my home bar, right? That's the kind of work that I want to do. I know it's offensive to some people. I know the show's offensive to some people. There's people listening to the show sometimes. I'm sure they listen. They, they go through the first few minutes. And they're like, oh, my God, I can't do this. I, I came to this channel to learn about art. Oh, sorry. I'm not going to teach you how to paint. That's your own fucking problem. My thing is, these are the ideas that are stuck in my head. And I know that we have an audience that likes what we talk about. Uh -huh. And that's all that matters. I, I want to make sure that our audience still gets what they want, what they come for, right? The idea is whatever cloak we're putting on ourselves to get the show out or the art that we make or the music, you know, any of this stuff, whatever it is we're putting together, it's really important that we are true to who we are and we're putting stuff out there that matters to us as artists and we find the audience that likes it, not mm -hmm. the other way around. Don't look for an audience, audience that's going to buy something you can create because then that's called selling out. To me, that's when everybody says, oh, you sold out, you sold out. You know, this is terrible. You know, the Black Album is a good example of this. So many musicians uh, and, and music lovers, the audience, hated the Black Album because it didn't sound like the early thrash stuff of Metallica. And they thought, well, they sold out. There's a fucking ballad on there. No, no, no. You know, and they're losing their minds when I really think the band had a transition mm -hmm. at that point, at that point in their lives. Uh, we all know that the struggle was real with trying to get that album done. They hated each other for the most part. Uh, Bob Rock ended up playing the bass lines on uh, most of it, if not all of it. You got the wrong album. You're thinking of St. Anger. Black album. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. They all kind of start blending together for me. After that. Yeah, great record. Got a cool album. Who did the bass line for Black Album? Was it still Newstead? Yeah, well, yeah. Was it? Mm -hmm. Newstead was there for two more albums oh, after okay. that. Well, I'm glad you corrected me because oh, I, yeah. I was just ready to go off on a tangent. I know you were. But anyway. They um, didn't start hating each other until after. Uh, yes, they blew. Yeah, that's right. He blew his voice out on the Black Album and all kinds of other yep. shit. Was it still Bob Rock? Yeah. That, produced that was their first record they did with Bob and it changed. It was a game changer. It, yeah, it was more. The, the audience grew because it was a little bit more safe. It was a little more accessible. Yeah. But it wasn't safe for them. They took some chances. And, and if you watch yeah. like it, the making of that, they did things a lot different. Like 
they took a lot of direction from Bob Rock, mm-hmm. and and that's something that they didn't really do. You know, they come in, they just wanted somebody to be an mm-hmm. engineer. It was most how most of the producers they'd had in the past. They just wanted them to record what they had. Yeah. They don't need notes on whether this part should be longer or whether they should try to sing this a different way or maybe this drum fill didn't work. And Bob brought out the best in them. Yeah. And I, I think it's a great record. I was an early fan, mm-hmm. and it's got a killer cover as well. Um, yeah. Say Master of Puppets is probably one of the top 10 album yes. covers of all time. Yeah. But uh, it's one of those things that just because something becomes popular mm-hmm. and you become popular, that doesn't necessarily mean that you changed or that sometimes the audience has changed around you a little yes. bit. Now, subsequent albums after that, I mean, I don't know. Did they, did they try to, were they trying to, to be more mainstream? Maybe, maybe not. I wasn't a fan of most of the stuff that came out after that. The Black Album, I can remember sitting in my, my car, my dad's car, mm-hmm. and just listening to it and looking at the cassette sleeve. And listen, yeah, and I loved it. And Nothing Else Matters, I think, is one of the heaviest songs on there. For me, I mean, I loved it. It was the first song I ever learned to play start to finish on bass, as a matter of fact. But but being a fan of the early stuff and being such a big fan of Cliff and and just that transition, I said I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah, I I agree. I I was still looking for more Injustice for All type music. And and Puppets was probably my favorite album of of Metallica, but the interesting part about this was everybody was doing these massive covers, mm-hmm. right? And I'm talking about uh, album covers. You take the Appetite lo- uh, album cover uh, from 87, and just three years later, Metallica decides we're going to do an album that doesn't really sound like anything we've done before. And instead of putting a picture on it like we've done with everything else or have some sort of illustration like we've done with everything else, it's just going to be black. That's why it's called the Black Album for anybody listening. Well, um, it's, but it's got subtle. It's got the Gatson flag. It's, yes. It's not just black. Right. The thing. It's but, very subtle. Yes. Yeah, and that's cool. It's like there's, like there's something there. There's yeah. something there. To, there's more to look at. Yeah. There's, it's part of the package. It's, that's why I miss about all these singles and all this stuff. Is, yeah. It's like... That was still exciting to me to sit there and go through the liner notes and look at all the pictures and the the, the artwork and the different yeah. stuff. And some of them would have different pictures behind each songs. And man, I love that. Yeah, I, I miss that a lot. We don't we don't have that. It'll, you it'll don't get the same of, thing listening to it on Spotify. It's just no, like, not at all. And I, I do think you miss the overall experience of of feeling like you're there mm-hmm. because looking at the pictures, you're you're seeing a story right while you're hearing the album. You know, and there. I had always wondered, what does this mean? What does this album cover mean with this music? Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Peace of Mind from Iron Maiden mm-hmm. is one that really stands out for me. A pretty simple cover overall. Eddie's just uh, in chains in a padded room. You know, it's peace of mind. Like, you know, not peace and like all is well with the world, but more like peace as a piece of pie, right? So you're wondering, is just taking something out of his brain here? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, what does this mean? And there's there's some stories behind that album too that you know I guess we could probably get into maybe not we're already getting towards the end here but maybe that's another show if you want to hear that as another show let me know I'd like to know but uh, you know a lot of people gravitate towards the wild and crazy looking covers thinking that they're pretty wild you know and 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 really have a lot to say because they're so busy and a lot of a lot of cover art is busy mastodon some of their covers are just yeah, out there that's one that i was thinking about too on the way i hear as far as a modern more modern newer mm-hmm. band um 
if you can still consider them newer. I mean, they've been around for a while. Yeah. They always have interesting album covers. Yeah. Like they still take that serious. There's a, they don't have like a big stage production, but they, there is a lot of visual content to, yeah. to their music. I mean, I think that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. They got Moby Dick on what, what album is that? It's the newest one, isn't it? I think that's Leviathan, but that's older. Okay, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It they got Levi- that. They got Leviathan. that. Yeah, yes. they got that deer. There's like four albums since that one. They got that deer. The one for the album before last uh, was it Once Around the Sun? I think. Yeah, yeah that's that got one's crazy. Cool that, that looked like a Hindu rug. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, or Hindi, I should say. Which which is it? Am I saying it wrong? I'm not sure. I'm a dumb white guy from Ohio. It's I don't I don't understand these. Some things. type of east <laughs> eastern kind of Middle Eastern yeah, yeah. thing. It just it conjures up that kind of yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. Mosaic type of a yep. look. Yeah. But that's nice that there are still some bands that are still yeah. trying to do that. There's there's one that um we've brought this band up in past episodes. They're not a real well known band here. Uh Hamatome from Germany. I, it's it's pretty much all. They do have some songs that are in English that they've done, but their latest album, tip of my tongue, and I can't remember what it's called, but it's got this little girl with a gun and a balloon. It's it's very Banksy looking. Oh, really? In terms of art yeah. art form, hematoma, huh? I'll yeah. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. That that is actually the English version of their word. The way it's spelled, it is hematoma. Oh, uh, but it's hematome is the name of the band. Masked guys. So. They're kind of different, you know. They're um, and and they even have one of them wears a mask that I think gets very close to another Ohio band that wears masks that I'll remain silent about. It's got an X on on the face. Oh, it's and, got that Grendel kind of look. Yes, yeah. So I wouldn't say they copied it. Maybe they know of that band. Well, I like. I we're talking about Mushroom Head. Let's yes. just say it. Yeah, we can say it. Mushroom has a huge influence on me. That's why yeah. I wear a wedding dress and, and the Dan Haters, really. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the ideas because they had stopped doing it. But I really loved their original look when they were all crazy like that. Yeah. You know, Jeffrey Nothing would come out in a, in yeah. a wedding dress and chem, uh, elbow-length chemical gloves yeah. and a kind of a uh, Baphomet mask. Yeah, it was huge. Yes. And I mean, yeah. it was just such a visual onslaught. Yeah. And everybody dressed. And then they went to this kind of Grendel thing. Grendel was a comic in the 80s that was yes. kind of had that, think Venom, basically. Yeah. It's like a Venom mask, yeah. but the eyes were more like X's. Um, yeah, I photographed them when, uh, it's been a long time. It was, a, it was the Halloween show that they put on in Cleveland. Yeah. I don't know if they still do that or not. It was the first one that J-Man came back to. Oh, that's... So it was kind of cool. The J-Man was there and uh, Waylon was still singing with them, which was pretty neat. Seeing wow. Everybody on stage. Oh, yeah. It really was. 2012, maybe. Something like that. I can't remember I the girl's know. name. But now I remember that it got to where she just came out to certain shows. I think like the Halloween shows and yeah. some other stuff. But she would, they had like a dancer and she had all these different like masks that were on a stick yeah. and she could spin them and there would be oh, different faces. And it was incredible. That's pretty neat. My old band played with them at the Alrosa before and I went and seen them several times then. Yeah. They were just like, just such a great band. Yeah. Some things have changed in the band. I don't know. I don't know too much about the stories behind all that stuff. And some yeah, people, I get Jeff ain't there anymore. I don't yeah, think. And Jeff. Uh, Jeff changed his life around quite a bit. Good for him. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all. Jeff. Jeff was always real good to me. Real nice every time I would meet him and stuff. And 
all that jazz. But nonetheless, I think as as creators, we we have a duty to create what's in us. That's the whole idea, mm-hmm. right? You're you're not just putting something out there that we expect people to like. We want to put something out there that is kind of in us because it's not in somebody else. Right. And that's the idea. You get this shit out and you put it out there and you 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 hope for the best. And it can be scary. If if you want life to change for you, you're going to have to do life-changing things. I don't know. That's that's really all I got for today. I love it. What do you think? I don't think a you whole still lot. mad at me about this little cute little martini glass. I would have liked to have had a real drink. <laughs> and now I'm going to force you for next time you're going to make me one. Whatever else yeah. we have, I want a full glass up to the top. Well, I didn't think I had enough time to run the liquor store this morning because normally I go to the liquor store on Saturday. Today's Saturday. Today is Saturday. I was rushing around this morning thinking, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I got to. I'm not really ready for the show because Friday night at my, my normal routine, I know nobody listening cares about any of this, but my normal routine is around one in the morning. I'll go outside and I'll smoke a cigar with my laptop and I'll get our notes together. You're smoking a cigar with your laptop. So you're sharing a cigar with the laptop. Or yeah. Yeah. Max accent. likes it. Yeah. And Siri, she just. <laughs> Okay. You know, oh, it's an Apple laptop, I take yes, it. Yes, that's it. Oh. It's exactly what it is. But anyway, I'm out there doing my thing. I'm just, you know, spanking the keys, trying to get all my notes together and put everything together on Saturday morning between 12.30 and 2.30 a.m., right? And then I get up and I go to the liquor store, you know, sometime around 11. I used to get up on time, but I can't. Anyway, going back to what I was saying, go back uh, to the liquor store. I pick up something for the show that I think goes with the notes. Right, kind of fit, feels right. Like I was going to get blackened today for our our blackened. What I got that I could have just brought it. Fuck me running. I should have said something. Yeah. Anyway, because I thought it'd be kind of cool to have blackened as yeah, as a drink. We had it on the podcast. I know, but for this episode, it would have been better. We already did it. Like I said, you're killing me here. I'm 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 ahead of the game. I'm nothing's like 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 ready. Yet. Uh-huh, right. And I'm I'm trying to put this stuff out. I'm thinking oh, I ain't got no fucking time. I'm gonna have to just make something up like I do. And I don't really have. I got a lot of liquor, but I don't have a lot of things I think you would like. So I'm constantly in this mindset of oh, I'll just put cream in it. He'll love it. You know. <laughs> so I did this thinking you would like it, and I'm actually quite surprised. It is good. Oh, it's good or fuck. And I it's good. You or- got to email me. <laughs> you got to email me the uh, the recipe. So. I yeah, can I originally I thought maybe Highlander cake or Highlander delight or you know some other sort of Scottish sort of name because of the drambuie clearly. But I need to buy some of that. That's one it's, thing I don't. It's have. actually quite good. It it has a coffee cake flavor with butterscotch. You probably don't remember because you're done already. I mean you stopped a long time ago. Just like a child, you just downed it. It ain't even a full <laughs> shot. How am I? It supposed- was a full no, shot. No, it was not. Yeah, it was this it, little fucking it was thing. one and a half ounces. This for little you. fluted fucking That's thing. That's a lot for you. No, because yeah. you don't judge me or own me or tell me what to <laughs> Alright, we're running over. May your drinks Our be tasty. not running over. Because you give I me a little still, drink. I, I know, you bit. fucked me. Yeah. And your muse be thirsty. Oh, he finished. We're finishing each other's sentences already. <laughs> Alright. See you, Paul. Take a pencil. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>